0: During the 1930s and 1940s, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford were both mega-talented titans of the cinema. They also happened to be bitter rivals, a perfect reason to bring them together for one of the finest movies of the 1960s. I'm Stephen Archibald, and welcome to my
1: movie podcast. Sister, sister, also fair. Why is there blood all over your hair? Whatever happened to baby Jane? To seek the answer to that question we will follow a man plotting a murder. Highly specialised work, but Robert Aldridge has considerable experience in such matters. He has a dozen successful pictures to his credit. His stars are Betty Davis and Joan Crawford.
0: Hello valued listener and welcome to They Came From Within cult movie reviews. You must have been a beautiful baby. Whatever happened to Baby Jane? 1962. Robert Aldrich's Whatever Happened to Baby Jane is one of the best examples you can give of a true balls-to-the-floor psychodrama. It has retained its power to shock, delight, and appall in equal measure. It is sibling rivalry taken to the max shot through with jet-black humour. As a child, the cute, blonde Jane Hudson was a vaudeville star known as Baby Jane Hudson. Jane treats her shy older sister Blanche with disdain, however, Jane's style of stage show eventually goes into decline, whereas Blanche blossoms into a highly successful movie actress. That is, until a mysterious car incident leaves her paralyzed from the waist down. Years later, the paraplegic Blanche has to rely on her sister for help. In a fading mansion, which becomes increasingly foreboding, fueled by years of alcohol and envy, Jane is tipped over the edge when she fears her sister is going to have her committed. In her attempts to survive, Blanche will have to endure unspeakable horrors. Directed by Robert Aldrich, this gem of a movie is an adaptation by Lucas Heller of a 1960 novel written by Henry Farrell. Sometime before Aldrich was hired, the producer, William Fryer, and the divine Betty Davis tried to get Alfred Hitchcock to helmet. The maestro had to decline on the grounds that he was busy promoting Psycho and preparing for his next project, The Birds. Thankfully, Aldrich was also a first-rate director. His works include Vera Cruz, Kiss Me Deadly, Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, The Dirty Dozen, and The Longest Yard, AKA The Mean Machine. The casting in this movie is, of course, dynamite. Ingrid Bergman, Rita Hayworth, and Ginger Rogers were among the stars considered for the part of Baby Jane Hudson, and Marlena Dietrich, Olivia de Havilland, and Claudette Colbert were among those considered to play the role of Blanche. But let's be honest, casting two real-life rivals in the lead roles was a stroke of genius making this cinematic masterpiece work on many levels, pouring real life jealousy, contempt, and bitter rivalry into so much of what ends up on the silver screen. Powerhouse acting invested with real emotion and all captured for eternity on celluloid. Apart from her compelling performance, it's hard to tear your eyes away from Betty's grotesque appearance. I love the fact the actress had full control over her makeup, despite the misgivings of Aldrich and the producers. As Miss Davis put it herself, I felt that Jane never washed her face, just added another layer of makeup each day. Betty wrote this in her 1987 memoir, This and That. It's from this book, which she co-wrote with Michael Herskowitz that we also learn that Betty opposed this film being shot in colour, fearing that it would have made a sad story pretty. The movie's beautiful monochrome images were captured by the Oscar-nominated cinematographer, Ernest Haller, even though she has the less showy role. Joan Crawford is also superb as the timid, long-suffering Blanche, a woman who becomes forced to find her inner strength as the situation deteriorates. These two women were certainly cast to play to their strengths. Betty had already played bitchy, hard-edged types like Baby Jane Hudson, such as her role as Margot Channing in the highly acclaimed All About Eve from 1950. And Joan had bagged herself her only Oscar For playing a thoughtful, long-suffering woman like Blanche in Mildred Pierce from 1945.
1: The insistent call of a buzzer better left unanswered. A telephone that has become an object of fear. A supper tray that will not be touched. A window barred against the world. A hammer.
0: Another great performance in this movie came from the 24-year-old Victor Buono. Making his big-screen debut, Buono portrays Edwin Flagg, a devious and calculating young pianist, whom Baby Jane hires in the deluded hope of reviving her career. His barely concealed expressions of contempt are a joy to behold. Victor was impressive enough, as Flagg, to receive his one and only Oscar nomination, and to think that he only got the part after Peter Lawford had pulled out. This movie received five Oscar nominations, including one for Miss Davis for Best Actress. The film only obtained a single statuette, which went to Norma Cock for Best Costume Design for a film in black and white. Yet another tragic performance in this picture came from Madie Norman, who portrayed Blanche's concerned housekeeper, Elvira Stitt, a warm, empathetic character who has a fatal run-in with the psychotic Baby Jane. Paul Joni may have been overlooked by the Oscars; however, both Miss Crawford and Miss Davis received Bath denominations for their sterling efforts. However, they lost out to Patricia Neal for her performance in HUD. Even though it takes a certain amount of dramatic license, the making of this fab movie was expertly conveyed in the 2017 mini-series, Feud, with brilliant performances from Susan Sarandon as Betty Davis and Jessica Lang as Joan Crawford given solid support from Alfred Molina as Robert Aldrich, and Dominic Burgess as Victor Buono. And if you wish to further explore the complex rivalry between these legendary women, then I recommend you read Sean Constantine's book, Betty and Joan, The Divine Feud, which was first published in 1989. Sadly, whatever happened to Baby Jane was Joan Crawford's last significant movie. And while Straightjacket from 1964 and Trog from 1970 are entertaining movies, they're also a long way from the great movies Joan had made up until this one. Betty fared better in the latter stages of her career, appearing in such films as Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte, Hammers the Nanny and the Anniversary, plus the 1978 version of Death on the Nile. Barbara Merrill plays Liza, the teenage daughter of the Hudson's next door neighbour, Mrs Bates. Barbara was the adopted daughter of Betty's fourth husband, the actor Gary Merrill. This film was shot around various Californian locations and filming took place between the 23rd of July and the 12th of September 1962, with the movie being given a speedy US release on the 31st of October that same year. Thanks to its star cast and the fact that both Betty and Joan heavily promoted it, whatever happened to Baby Jane was a huge financial success. The contemporary reviews were mixed. So it's just as well that with the passage of time, Aldrich's movie has become essential viewing. I'm Stephen Archibald, and thank you very much for listening to my podcast, They Came From Within, Cult Movie Reviews. Please feel free to follow me or subscribe. All of my episodes are available from most podcast hosts. Please try and look after your siblings while you've still got each other. Take care, and bye-bye for now.
1: Betty Davis is Jane Hudson. Joan Crawford is Blanche Hudson. But we must warn you, if you're long-standing fans of Miss Davis and Miss Crawford, this motion picture is quite unlike anything they have ever done. It is a bold essay in the art of the macabre. a venture to the ultimate reaches of terror. Motion picture, definitely not for the squeamish. And we beg you, as the tension builds to the screaming point, as shock after shock assaults your senses, try to remember that this is only a motion picture.